Hey, hey, welcome to Your Aunties Could Never, a podcast for cool aunties and uncles everywhere. I'm Auntie AK and I am here with Auntie Farah, Auntie Nana, Auntie Shade, and welcome Auntie Vanessa. We'll be getting into your business a bit later, but thank you for now for joining us and being with the aunties, coming to join the family. How are you, my aunties? How are you, my aunties? And what's been the highlight of your day so far? Not too far, I'm going to you because you're literally looking like, I don't know what my highlight is. <laughs> the highlight of my day is you understanding that I don't know. I really, nothing has stood out for me today. I can't even try and flag it. Okay, all right. So the highlight, the highlight was yesterday. I did came row on my son's hair and he's just been strutting around and peacocking. <laughs> and I'm just really that like, happy that they came out nice and neat. So that's the, <laughs> that was the highlight of my yesterday. Oh, that's, that's a good one. That's, that's, a good one. that's very cute. I don't really have a highlight of a day. I think all the day is like quite small, but I maybe the week is one of them is I went to Jules's, a producer Jules, Jules Baby, um, a night at the Jazz Cafe on Friday, and it was just absolutely amazing. I had a great time. It was a house and I'm a piano, and it just feels like the good old garage days. It just, ah, oh, it's just that energy. I just absolutely love it, and I had a fantastic time. So that was my highlight. Vanessa, Auntie Vanessa, did you have a do you have a highlight so far this week or today? I know it might sound cheesy, but this is it. Like being on the on the show today is literally the highlight of the week. I'm so happy to be here, and it's. I've had so many messages. Like I was saying to you earlier, I've had so many messages of people saying, "Oh my god, that's my favorite podcast." So I watch it on YouTube. So you ladies are giving me, like, yeah, so excited to be here. So, yeah. I've changed mine. My highlight of the day was you saying that to us. Okay, yeah, you on. yes. Well, that is my highlight. Definitely. And my other highlight was I finally finished The Shield. That was yesterday. I've been re-watching the, one of the best cop shows ever in history of TV cop show dramas, serials. And The Shield, if you can get access to watch it, watch it. It's brilliant. Seven seasons. I watched, it's on the veins of The Wire, Southland, Homicide, Life on the Street. So it's one of those gritty realism ones set in LA. So it's all gangs and corrupt cops. Is that saying that? Corrupt cops. It sounded good to me, even if you didn't say like cut cuts. Cut cuts. Anyway, it's really good. So I'm really proud. I'm really happy that I've finished it because I can get back to my regular programming. So I need stuff to watch now. So we'll have a chat about what to watch. Okay, Auntie Farah, warm us up, warm us up, kid. Okay, so this morning I was doing the school run on the way to work, that usual shout. And I listen, in the morning I like to listen to Nadia J, shout out to her breakfast um, show on BBC One Extra. And today she came with violence, real violence. So I thought it only right. So I share that with you beautiful ladies in here. And it's Auntie Sade's favorite game. One's gotta go. <laughs> Come on. One's gotta go, producers. I'm gonna give you four producers. Ooh. And you have to disregard their personalities. You have to disregard their relationship status. You have to disregard anything about them other than their production and the music that they have brought forward to us. I, I already like know, it. Kanye. Okay, <laughs> not finished. No interruptions. I'm saying the rules. <laughs> After we go around the room and I tell you, give you some of the examples of their production, I would like you to let me know which one has got to go. And if you cannot, you cannot, there is a forfeit. 
Okay. Okay. Juices, we have Pharrell Williams. Now, Pharrell Williams is obviously he was in, in Nerd, Neptune's produced, but he also brought us things like SWV, Use Your Heart. Don't know if you guys knew that. Tonight is a night. Don't know. Rump Shake Up. Yeah. And then obviously all the Jay-Z ones that he did, ones that he's done with Snoop, Khalees, ODB. He, the man has brought us a lot of good music. Next okay. up, we have Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Dre has obviously brought us NWA and all of that stuff. He's brought us 50 Cent. He's brought us Snoop. He's brought us Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Sorry, I had to say it that with my chest. Yeah, she had to get me stressed. My, my whole chest had to come out. I can't get them all. He's yeah. done songs for Mary J. Blige. He's done songs for Eve. He's the, 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 the list goes on and on and on and on. Right? Next up, we have Timberland. But then when I start to look at the man's catalogue, he brought us Usher. Can you get with it? Yeah, that's him. He also brought us Sister, like we know. He brought us Aaliyah, like we know. He brought us Joe Deceit, Diary of a Mad Band. Come mm-hmm. on now. Come on. And then last, but by no means least, oh, considering go. it is the man's birthday tomorrow, Auntie Sade's not so favorite, Kanye <laughs> West. Now, again, you, you have to disregard all the things that I said, personality, any statements that he might have made, relationship <laughs> status, production. And whilst you might say you can live without Kanye, you've got to think about all the songs that he's done for Jay-Z, He's also done songs for Beyonce. He's done songs for Ludacris. He's done songs for Alicia Keys. He's done songs for classic first album, Alicia I feel Keys. Like I'm actually not. the tape. I'm actually, I've actually bigged them all up. Okay. So my thing is, one has got to go. And we're going to do it in alphabetical order because you was running your mouth. Auntie AK, who you I next? I wasn't running my mouth. I think I would say, do you know what? Because of the state of society and the state, I've just watched The Shield and I've been immersed in LA gang life. Just for the purposes of this game, I'll get rid of Dr. Dre because of how big an impact gangster rappers had, even though I love it with my whole heart. But it has a very lasting, devastating effect also to the community and the culture. And so just for that, I'd get rid of Dr. Dre. But I, I literally would never get rid of Dr. Dre. But yeah, Dr. Dre, easy one. Next up, Auntie Lana. If you know I don't care for any of these people. No, then she would have had a fit, but... Yeah, yeah, that would have been great. I I think Dr. Dre as well. There's nothing that I think he's done that I'm like, that's one of my tunes, so he can go. Ooh. Nothing, no tunes at all. No. Like, none of the Mary stuff. No. No, she she doesn't like R&B, remember? No. Kendrick. They can all go. Gemini to Gemini, I don't blame you. (sighs) Auntie Shardy. You know what, I'm not this is so easy for me. It's Sorry. So easy. <laughs> well, now remember all the caveats. I know, I know. I still, I, I, I don't care, Kanye. Like, I just don't. In terms of like his own music, if I look at it like that, I, I don't listen to his him. own music. It's music. Know, but he also produces his own. No, but we're not talking about them as because I couldn't. Oh my it. god! Can I actually finish what He's I'm saying? You're, you're doing what Auntie AK does. You're okay. deviating from the rules. 
Okay, I'm sorry, but I did say what I what it was, and it's Kanye. That's fine. Okay, but you were deviating from the rules. It's like you two switch places for a hot second. <laughs> and I think I'm gonna go back because I was like, mm, yeah. This is a hard one. I think I, I get where Shana is coming from because Kanye West, as an artist, I like, but as a producer, I don't really. I couldn't necessarily say, apart from the Jay-Z stuff, a few Jay-Z tunes. I wouldn't say he's worked with so many artists and he's not had a big impact on music as a producer. So I'd say Kanye, based on that, the other producers have had an impact on the music industry as a whole for other artists. So Kanye can... No. Wow, okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, this is hard for me. Because I think all of them, their catalogue is amazing. Like their production catalogue is amazing. And when I was first listening to this and I thought about it, I thought to myself, oh, Tim Landrow. But then I thought, okay, that means Jodeci. That means Missy. That means Aaliyah. That means Asha. That means so many people. So it made me be a bit like, well, no. And then when I looked at Kanye, I discovered songs that I didn't even know that he produced. As I said, I mentioned Alicia Keys. You've got John Legend. You've got Keisha Cole. You've got a whole bunch of rap artists. And I was just like, he definitely can't go for me from a production point of view. So who are you going? So I'm going to take a shot. And that was the forfeit because I can't get rid of not a one of them because there's no way, there's no way I cannot have Dr. Dre because of the way I feel about Kendrick Lamar. It's just, it can't happen. Everybody else I could probably do with that. But Kendrick, no, that's violence right there. So I'm going to take a shot. Thank you, sure. Cheers. Jenny from the Jenny. Cheers, cheers, cheers. All right. Is that the end of the games? That is that on that. Okay. Auntie Nana, who are you welcoming to the family? This is like a, a really big thing. I would like to welcome to the family Omar, who has just been given a role on EastEnders. And yeah, I, I love that he carried on with his acting. When he was at Identity, he was there with my husband. And I watched him in two different plays and he was a brilliant actor as well as one of my favourite singers as well. So I would like to welcome Omar to the family. Okay, welcome Uncle Omar. That's a good welcome. one. What about you, Aunt Vanessa? Do you have anyone? Oh, this is a hard one. No, there's, no so many, there's no pressure. There's so many people. I don't know. I'm quite bad at this. I can't think of one. Actually, <laughs> this might go into why my I'm so mad. I want to welcome to the family at least... The 148 conservative MPs that did something, <laughs> the one good thing that they could ever do in their life, what yeah. they did yesterday. And that, that's all I'll say about that, yeah? <laughs> You're welcoming 148 Tory MPs to the family for, <laughs> for half an hour, because they're going to have to exactly. go. Just for a limited just amount for, of time. Just for a nanosecond. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they are about for five seconds in there. Yeah, Welcome, guys, <laughs> and out you go. It's, it's, it's not even a big clap for them. It's like a real slow... Right, well done. Your hands go. actually meet the clap clap. Exactly. Make <laughs> won't meet get, go. Definitely won't get a plate. All right. Okay, guys, let's get your plates, let's get your drinks, and let's start the show. If you're listening to the show... Don't forget to leave your reviews on Apple or Spotify or anywhere else you can leave wonderful comments about the aunties. We also now have a Patreon. Sign up. We have three tiers. And listen, what we're trying to do, Patreon family, is build a bit of a family. We aunties need to get together. We're stuck in these boxes and we want to get out. We want to break out. We want to get in the studio. We're using our Patreon to build the team, build the up the levels of aunties. So 
please sign up and come with us on our journey to getting into a room together at the very least. Okay, so that's that. So sign up to Patreon. That's www.patreon.com. Your forward slash your aunties could never. Moving on. There's news and culture where we get the popular news and popular culture stories of the day. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Seeing as Auntie Vanessa welcomed those um, 148 MPs to the family for a nanosecond, we may as well talk about Bojo and uh, Bojo gets booed in public, Johnson, and the, uh, the Tory tosspots that kept him in. Mm-mm. Let's talk about that. So obviously he, they had this vote of no confidence. The outcome was that he won by 57%, 43% voted against him. So it wasn't quite enough. However, previously, what's happened in those situations, if you take Theresa May, John Major, although they've all won their vote of no confidence, they have then gone on to resign. So much of the press today is saying that he's on his way out. It's going to happen. I just wanted to find out from you guys if you actually (laughs) had... Were you surprised by the result? Do you think that he is going to resign? Or do you believe that Boris is the actual DNA of a cockroach? Oh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, the DNA of a cockroach, they don't ever die. You have to bash them to death, like, and then they come back again. I, do you know what? I must admit, I don't know where I've been, obviously I've been in LA watching The Shield, but I did not know this was happening until you guys mentioned it yesterday. I didn't even know. I don't Seriously? know how. Yeah, I'm wow. literally always on, my Twitter's my newsfeed. I don't know how that went over my head. So I did not know that was happening. However, with the result, I wasn't surprised because at the moment, Boris is being Teflon done. So I don't know what's going on here. I I really want him to resign. Actually, I want him to get fired. I don't even want him to have the dig- the ability to look humble and, hu- and have, yes, I think graciously I'm going to resign. I want him to get fired, to get kicked out, do the walk of shame and just piss off because he's damaged his country beyond no end. So... Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not even celebrating the 148. That's why they're leaving the party very quickly because you should have done better. You should have done more. You should have barricaded yourself in, tied yourself to the box. Do something rebellious if you really cared. And to be fair, for all this time, you allowed him. So you 148. How? When did you turn? Was it just because you actually believe it or you're doing cronyism and, oh, let's do this to the show. We look really good. But actually, you're all a bunch of punks because you didn't stop him in the beginning and you're all at the party with him. So that 148, get out, actually leave the party right now. Sorry, we're disengaged from the family. That's what I have to say. Mate, I I, I just think he's like doing a Wolf of Wall Street, man. I think he's, I'm not fucking losing. Like, I, honestly, <laughs> it's like he's just holding on by anything. Do you know what I mean? He'll try every tactic, every move that he can to stay in his position because I think ultimately he probably wants to become a dictator. Um, <laughs> and he's trying to hold on to his position. Like, I just, yeah, I, I don't, he's literally going to have to be pushed. Like, he's not going to go willingly at all. And it just, he just doesn't strike me as a man that is used to know um, at all or just being compromising in any sort of ways look at his whole life he doesn't even comb his hair like do you know what I mean like he's just defiant for everything yeah I don't think he's going anywhere like willingly anyway the thing with Boris is he definitely isn't going anywhere without people pushing him off but he's that guy remember it wasn't too long I was saying how I really think he's probably going to resign soon and he seemed reluctant in the job And then I was watching loads of clippings of him when he was mayor being like, I would never be prime minister. It's not what I want to do. I'm so happy being mayor. Uh, 
foreign secretary. No, I don't want to be prime minister. I'm really happy. I get to travel around. It's what I've always wanted to do. This guy has got the position he always wanted and he's going to ride it until he fucks up again, which he will because he always does. His dad said he's a screw up. His brother said he's a screw up. He's a screw up. He will screw up again. But I think he's still going to survive because there's nobody to take his place. So they'll just keep him around until somebody steps up and is, you know what, the Conservatives can still stay around. At this moment, Labour are dead in the water and so is the the other lot. So it's just, he's going to he's gonna stay around. I don't actually mind him at this moment in time because he's just so predictably shit. It's like, cool. And sometimes I think the world, this country deserves his shittiness as well as punishment for Brexit. Auntie Vanessa, any words to add to Boris? Were you surprised? I wasn't, I wasn't surprised, but I actually think that it might be a good thing that he stays because even though it will take us longer to get to a general election, that way at least I know Conservatives are definitely out in the next election. If he goes now, they've got time to find a good leader and then it will be this whole kind of Conservative or Labour. But I know if he stays, He's definitely going to lose the general election. The Tories can get out and we can finally fix up this mess that they've caused. So I'm in that mode that actually maybe it's better that he just fucks up so monumentally that there's just nowhere else to go for the Tories. I just want them out. The thing is, I don't trust I don't trust them. I I don't trust the public. The public have done some wild things. They 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 will end up for some reason, you see the Conservatives and Boris still sitting there 20 years in. But what did you, I don't, I don't know, this, did any of you guys see the, him and his missus getting booed? Was it booze or cheer? Because depending on which outlet you looked at, some it outlets... Was, it was most definitely booze. Um, I've looked at definitely. a few outlets. It was definitely yeah. booze. Even the commentators mentioned that he was being booed exactly. on his way in and on his way out. It was booed, booze. But what I found hilarious, that there was probably the 211 Tory MPs that voted to keep him in. They were on Twitter saying, oh, it's amazing. Boris is getting such a great reception as he goes in. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? You really think that we're dumb, deaf and blind? Like, we can see what's happening. Stop mocking us. Um, I was not surprised about the outcome, just based on Boris's ability to continuously land on his feet. I wasn't even surprised by some of the people that back Boris, their comments. So Jacob rees Hogg, that weird looking man when this happened in 2019 Theresa May won by 63 percent okay so when this happened to her he came out and he was like this is outrageous she needs to go there's a total no confidence in the prime minister today he was like this is a brilliant result for Boris he got 57 percent this is a brilliant result for Boris he's done so well this is amazing let's all get back on with the job this is fantastic yes he won he, he won with confidence the backers are going to back him because they're probably getting backhands and Boris is a cockroach they cannot contest his leadership for another year and when is there going to be an election we actually don't know when the election is so Boris is going to ride this wave until the wheels fall off. I just don't see him going anytime soon. You would have thought that this would have been the thing, but you would have thought that the parties would have been the thing, but you would have thought that him making statements when he was foreign secretary about Muslims would have been the thing. And then you would have thought that him going to a colony, a former colony and standing in a temple 
and uh, reciting a Ronald Kipling pro, um, poem that was, sorry, him, that man there. Again, I didn't make it. Um, <laughs> that would have been the thing. There's been so many incidents where you thought that this would have been the thing that would have made Boris stand down from whatever platform he was on at the time, and it's just not going to be. And I have no confidence in the British public to vote him out, even if there was an election. Me neither. Let's get the comments. Okay. Hello to everybody. Sid says, this will be done before 9pm, right? No, it will not. No. Um, <laughs> Ronald says, Auntie AK, I knew about the no confidence. No, Ronald, I have to give it to you. You're very feisty. You know that. <laughs> Is there a limit on how long a person can be prime minister? No. Uh, Nicholas says, hi, ladies. Hello. We have Joe says, Boris is the true Teflon Don. I don't know how he did it, but he's right. He, he's right this out until the end. Nothing he says does will, uh, will have him leave this job. Nicola goes on to say, you would have thought him saying, saying about grabbing women's pussies was a thing. Sorry, that was Trump. I know they're very similar. Mate, it's um, yes. <laughs> it's interesting one let's see although yes. I do, just to add I do think that if Boris wants to secure him having another run at being prime minister what he should do is what everybody else does is bribe us give everybody that you have their account details 20,000 pounds I guarantee you we will vote you in for another four or five years afterwards. Auntie Nana. Bring that for us. Okay, I know what you're going to say. I agree. Auntie Nana, that's already happening to his friends. No, he and needs we're to... Not, we're, not, we're not his friend. He doesn't need to give up the Neither. general public. He doesn't need to give the worker bees any money. He does. Because he's he does. already given money to the people that own the bee, that own the bees, to the bee factory, the people that produce the honey. He's already given them money. He doesn't he need to, give he to bribe us too. He, he's never going to bribe us. He's going to do already it. tried. What he's going to do is... Remember, now, if you're in the housing association, you're going to be able to buy... Oh, what Maggie Thatcher did back yeah. in the 80s. That's, that's one bribe. fucked up. They don't care about that and, shit. And additionally, additionally, he's not the first to do that. The Conservatives, that was a promise that they made in the, when they won the election when they took over from Labour. Yeah, David Cameron. Exactly. But it didn't come into that was, place. That was, a David, that was a David Cameron promise, so that's not even new. But Boris... But he's going to put it through. What they do is, and they've been seen to be doing this even most recently, they give us something on one hand and then they take it with the other. And they think you're not looking. They cut petrol by 5p a few <laughs> weeks, a few months ago, right? Why is petrol £1.76? pence? Yep. Why? Yeah, they, said that, they said they're going to help us with the gas and electricity, the, the fuel bills, right? They're going to give us £400. We don't have to give it back now. They're going to give us £400. But it's yeah. going up by £800. You're proving my point. They've got to bribe us more. But it's not a bribe. Okay. We're going to move on. But what I'm going to lastingly say... People have voted them in for nothing. Do not have faith. He, got, he, he knows he doesn't have to give us no money because people vote him in regardless. Wow. So let's just see. Auntie Nana, what's your just said £1.83 it is. Yes, look at that. All right, Nana, go on. Take it okay. away. Oh, so I'm going to go with my culture story, and it is Laurie Harvey and Michael B. Jordan <laughs> have reportedly split up. And I just want to get you guys' thoughts on this. I have two points that I want us to be discussing. So the streets are saying that she's a player, 
and there's this thing of like you women that play around in their 20s like they do it and it's to their detriment because then they're going to be left on the shelves and nobody's going to want them when they want to settle down so do you think she's playing a dangerous game like playing around with all of these millionaire men but not settling down and then also the streets are also saying that she has left him for another man and he cheated on her with a man in this day and age in 2022 would what? it be detrimental if Michael B. Jordan came out? Oh, Those are the two. I don't think, I think, um, I think Lo as far as I'm aware, what I see in the internet streets, like Lori has like a reputation of being like people want her recipe they want to know how she does it kind of thing because she's able to bag these I hate to say it but I value men, <laughs> <I value> men. <laughs> we should take a shot every time and we say stuff. that <laughs> and she doesn't seem like a pick me she doesn't seem like super desperate she doesn't seem like she's mm. straining to do it it just happens for her she makes it look, look easy so I think she she does get a lot of positive kudos for that but that's not what I'm hearing in the like the negative sense what I'm hearing is that it's it was a contract and it's come to the end of the contract that's yeah. that too it's like that it was yeah. an arrangement because he's gay oh I don't know about that I just I really think it's it's I don't know about speculating about his sexuality I have no nothing to base that on at all do you know what I mean so I just wouldn't even want to and if he is so what but if he's bi then so what as well let him do him and let them do them but if it's the if they had like a Hollywood relationship let's call it that kind of thing I just thought it was fantastic I bought in I believed it I love the scenes that they created I love the moments like it was just beautiful I would watch it again I would subscribe I would pay money yes maybe what happened to her is one day she woke up she rolled over she <laughs> looked at him and she was like you look like my dad and at that point she said <laughs> no I can't I'm sorry it's over <laughs> that's actually what I think happened yeah, that's all I have to say. I teach me, Lori Harvey's a very exceptionally beautiful woman and she's got money. She's not going to struggle to find a man. You know, you know what I can't stand? This grand, this grandstanding that men do. Like she's for the streets. She's going to like, you're, you're like anyone that gets to her, she's used property, all that type of stuff. But let Lori Harvey stand in front of any of these low value men at the very least and tell you, and what are they going to do? They're all going to try and get with her and they're going to be heartbroken and she's going to stomp her stilettos in their neck when she's had enough. And that is that on that. So all this bitter, jealous or angry, I don't know what the hell, what's even called those, that group of men that are coming for her. Have fun, because I think with one thing women aren't allowed to do is date, have fun, have their own choice, make their own decisions about who they want to date. And actually, I don't know what, sorry, have they put the story out about why they broke up? It's not been out there, it's just they've rumoured They haven't up. even confirmed it. No, um, Steve Harvey has said that they have broken up, but okay. the two of them haven't done a statement. So this is the thing, no one even knows, I've seen so much, yeah, it's Laurie, how, how is it Laurie's fault? How the hell do you know that this is Laurie's fault? And in, in, in regards to breakups, fault, like who's fault? What is this? Have you seen him, Michael Jabez, at, um, was at a uh, basketball game and the camera's on him and he looks, and then all the memes are how you're trying to, when, you're, when you've just broken up with someone but you're trying to act like you're okay. And, he, and just happens to be that particular facial expression, he looks like he's trying to hold it together in, on the camera. And so it's really painting him as the poor, 
disturbed, dumped man. As for him, if Michael B. Jordan is, it does come out that he's actually gay. I do understand in this world that we live in, how even though we seem to be appearing more liberal and more welcoming and embracing of all sorts of love, there is a thing about being an alpha, like male pinup hero, especially in the acting world, when you represent or occupy that, space, or occupy that space and are presented as a heterosexual, it's very hard to enjoy. So far, it seems to be quite difficult to enjoy the same successes and hero status if you then become gay, because then you're, there's a whole shift in how people's mindsets look at you. And I, I, as far as I can, as far as I know, there is an openly gay, I say black male actor who takes on leading heroic roles, whether it be an action film, thriller, drama, rom-com, who can play a straight man and, it, it, and he can flip from role to role with the world knowing that he's openly gay. I don't think that's happened just yet. So I do understand that if, and especially as if, and I'm saying if, because we really don't know, but just for the purposes of the question, if he wanted to come out and if, or he didn't want to come out and wanted to create this persona of sex symbol, because that's obviously money, cachet for his status and brand, I would understand why he'd find it difficult. And I'd understand why he'd want to engage with someone who would make his boost his rep and make him look like the most straightest guy in the world. I have, like I said, like Auntie Shana said, I'd hate to speculate, like I know him personally, but for the, just for the sake of discussion. But also he's also had loads of rumors that he likes white women. And that, and people were saying at the time when he got with Laurie Harvey, that was to cancel, like to really counter the, quite negative comments he was getting for dating a white woman so or liking white women solely because there were a few pictures of him out with white women as well but I do understand that if just for general purposes if someone's gay black male and wants to have a particular career in the movie industry being gay I don't think anyone's done it just yet and proven to not be typecast or boxed into a certain category that's my thoughts Yeah, I don't know what to, are you coming to me? Sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, you said it all, but you know what I'm thinking? Like, Laurie Harvey is 25 and she's a baddie. Oh. She's going to be a baddie at 35, at 45, at 55, when she's in her 60s. So I just, she's a baddie. So she can, if she gets bored of someone, dump them and she'll still get with a, a hot guy. I feel, anyway, or feel sorry for her. I think she'll be fine. Yeah. Yes. Now, I think 25 years old, she's got a lot going for her. Why the hell not? Date who you want to date. Do what you want to do. She's 25. Like, women are having babies later on. She might not even want a baby. She might not even ever want to get married. She might just want to have fun. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, and what, why does that make her from the streets? There's Makes a bag of man out there that would love to be from the streets that she's on. And as far as him being gay, who cares? Like, I understand, like Auntie AK said, if it were true, why he wouldn't feel comfortable with it because of roles and things like that. But personally, it wouldn't affect me. It wouldn't affect how I look at him. It wouldn't affect, and I think it's his business to do whatever he wants to do. Mm. But on a side note, I think that Laurie Harvey is probably also dealing with her lawsuit case that's come up about her skin product with Kim K. So they both- jump into that, I have some thoughts. Oh, go on. I just wanna, so I feel that this kind of damages her reputation each time she jumps into a relationship. And why I say that is, this last run, I was noticing a lot more comments when I love these guys together. Mm. And then this split up seems to have been a lot more heavily weighted. So people understood with Future, it was like, 
how would you even get with him? But I think Michael has such a reputation of being like a really good, wholesome man. How can Laurie actually leave him? There was way more sway to there's something wrong with her than it be. Like, I, that's, uh, that's what I was seeing. I was just thinking, okay, as somebody, yes, yeah, she is 25, but does that diminish your value place in the marketplace, dating? Is, would there be repercussions from going from what would be considered a really good guy and then you left him? Because that seems to be is where it, it's at. at this is time. it for men or women, the comments? No, this was women. I think because okay. lots of women fancy him. So it's a bit like, how could you leave him? I suppose that's like Halle Berry though, isn't it? Like yeah. you see Halle Berry was the most wanted woman and everyone, every man out there wants a piece of Halle. And then like when she'd go with Eric Benet or whoever the hell it was at the time, they'd be like, well, what's wrong with them? Because, but maybe she's just boring. Maybe he's just boring. Maybe they just didn't gel. Maybe she thought that what it's what she needed after having some toxic relationships. Maybe they just grew apart. There's so many maybes, but it shouldn't take away from her ability to date who she wants to date. And the people that are saying that, you can't concentrate on you, innit? Like, maybe you don't know if he's a good man. We have no idea what he's really... I, I just think it's got nothing to do with her value. I think there's some women who are just super judgmental and they just tend to be the ones that type comments yes. like <laughs> that's it really like i just don't think it's any more that this is like i said she's just so young she's got a whole life ahead of her like i just don't even i i think this will be like an interesting footnote like when uh brad pitt dated sunita it's just be one of those <laughs> oh that happened like, <laughs> You know what? And this is it's the, the world of the internet having really high opinions, getting all frantic, and then the next shit happens. And yeah, they not to say they probably won't be commenting and referencing her exes. Imagine, imagine being in the public eye and every single step you take, your exes are referenced and against your worth. And especially if your exes have been motherfuckers, but yet you're still seen as the kind of Jezebel. Yeah. It's long. So yeah, her, all the people talking about her value, the middle finger to you all, let her do what she's doing. And if she is an act, if it is her who's actually the villain, then she'll get hers when she needs to get hers. Like a man in that situation, he'll get his when he needs to get his. So it is what it is. And she's 20 bloody five. Is it okay, I'm looking on her page, she's erased all of their pictures together. Is that a standard practice? Is it you go out with them and then you erase? Is that how it should go? I was thinking, like, would I do it? I don't know. She's had thing. quite a lot of boyfriends, so I think she has to erase them for the next one to come in and then, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I, mean, I, I can see why. Definitely. I suppose, again, none of us know, nobody so far knows what the breakup was about. How do we know that he? she didn't come home and find him in bed with about 12 women and all sorts going on? And she's just, what the... And I would want to scorch if I could burn the internet page of his thing, if I could do more dramatics and show fire flames wherever his picture was or do <laughs> something to show my heart. We just don't know what, what's Yeah, because the thing about erasing people and unfollowing them, it's because it's so visible. Yeah. If you think about in your own personal life and you break up with your boyfriend, I might have one picture somewhere just so I can vaguely remember. But I, if you've got pictures in your house of them, you're going to take them down, aren't you? Yeah. You don't want to walk around the house and every time you oh, there's your ex. Like, so... <laughs> I, I think it's normal. I don't think it's bad. I think it's normal. Speaking to what Auntie Shadow said, like watching their love play out, that's the part, because I think I had a, I did reserve a modicum of, is this for real, 
beautiful when I heard them get together. And it was also fairy tale and picture perfect. So I, I definitely thought, what's going on here? I don't know if I bought into it completely, but it was very beautiful. But it was, and it was a very picture perfect. So some of that, and that's not just for her. I think that's anyone is putting your love or your life on display and having the world buy into it. And though it's not your fault necessarily, but if you are courting that attention on a kind of business contract brand tip, there is there an element of responsibility to the people that get sucked into your world and then you remove that? What, do you know what I mean? There's an element of that. No, again, it's not so an element of responsibility. Not as far as like your personal life goes with, in your relationship. No, if, it's, if it's contractual, if it's contractual. if it Obviously they can't control people's reaction to how mm. they feel about this, but they are under no obligation to say anything. Like it just, no. it's not like their, it's their prerogative at the end of the day. And I think there'll be more chapters in both of their lives. So watch this space really. <laughs> Everyone's going to watch who Michael Jordan goes out with next. No. I know, I know. All right, let's get the comments if we've got any. Oh, did you want to go back to the cold case? No, it was just a, an aside. Okay, cool. Okay, Ronald has a suggestion. The next game should be who's coming out in 2022. No. And then <laughs> Nicola says she follows her dad's rule book, Act Like a Lady. Think like a man. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Have anyone who read that? Yeah. No, but I've seen the film. <laughs> I love the film. I love the film. It makes me laugh. I love watching it. It's quite funny. I, I, I wasn't mad at the book. Yeah. What is, it? What, what is no? I haven't. I haven't. Because I think was the, the, they made. I think people made a big deal about it. But people follow those rules. I, could, I mean, I literally memory recall. That's my weak point. But the whole thing of holding out to make sure the man's the right that you lay down with the right man or the man, or man that values you. People make such a big deal about, because they make a big deal about women withholding the cookie from the man because it's mind game, it's tricks, it's trickery. But when you think about it, should I give my coochie to every single man just who pays me attention? And in the film, like with that particular line, that particular narrative, the guy was a player and she withheld her coochie. She made him get to know her on a personal tip. Then it turned a corner and they got together. So it contradicted itself. So I don't know, there are some kind of sexual patriarchal kind of women should be this and that and the other, but... There's some simple rules that apply and actually not just about women, for men and women to be a bit more considerate and listen to each other. Be, you know, don't, ah, it wasn't that deep, I don't think. Was that the 90 day one? Like you should hold off from sex for 90 days? Yeah. It was, yeah, some stupid like, not, yeah, like, it was a 90 day rule. Like, much, yeah, really? something like that. But it's like, yeah. you can put a number on it and it's up to you. I don't think, I don't agree with the fact that if you sleep with someone the first night or the second year, whether that can potentially be damaging but sometimes for to protect a woman's protect our hearts so sometimes from a woman's perspective i know i've been in situations where maybe a man got more than of me than he should at an earlier stage than he should before i knew more about him where if i maybe held back but it's not about okay 90 days and that's it he's going to be the perfect we well, just don't know because men can play your exactly. shit. i read that. the book and i followed it to a t and that man was a fool <laughs> I, I made him wait 90 days. I did everything that book told me to do, and he was a fool at the end of the relationship. Right? Oh, so that fun. book, that book, I think is just, I don't know, I think it's with caution, right? There's some principles. Yes. <laughs> but I followed the book to the, a T, and it didn't work out for me. Was he but like, yeah. You know, like in Eddie Murphy's Raw, like this is going way back, but he's, he goes a thing of the woman tells him, tells the guy that he has to wait, yeah? So he's like, all right, I'll wait. Okay, I'll wait. And then I'll wait. And then I'll wait. And then when he eventually has sex with the girl, he says to the girl, you can shake your ass on out of here. 
the girls, what do you mean? We're in a relationship. Is it like one of those sort of ones where I think that some guys will definitely do that because it's like, all right, you want me to wait? Okay, cool. There's definitely guys out there that will wait and then play you after. I think what it was, what it showed was you can still make a guy wait 90 days, but if he's a fool, he's a fool. And that's mm-hmm. what it showed me. So even I could have sex with somebody on the first day and he could be the most amazing man, yeah, the right characteristics, and could be my future husband. But I just felt like I made a mistake in terms of following that book, but not realising actually a man is who he is at the end of the day. It doesn't matter whether you sit with him on the first day or even after you're married, for example. Yeah, that's what, it, yeah, that's what it told me, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it had, like you said, it had principles. It had moments of, oh, okay, and it... For me, it applies both to men and women because you could actually both apply common sense to some of the stuff that's in there and figure it out together. Whatever. Auntie Shade. So my story is a bit more of a, a serious one, changing the mood a little bit. But basically in the UK, I think it, this incident happened on Chelsea Bridge, I believe. And basically this black man, I think he was like in his early 40s, he was what looked like to be maybe like resisting arrest I don't want to necessarily put a label on it but he had a screwdriver in his hand and like he's been tased by the police he was tased once and he dropped the screwdriver then he was tased again while he didn't have it in his hand but he was still uh, they the police were still trying to arrest him he manages to get up and then he runs across the bridge and jumps in the river and unfortunately when I think at hospital he he died and this was filmed and I think the person that filmed it didn't really see it as like something like super serious at the time do you know because there's a little chuckle at the end and stuff and you just see sometimes you just see these crazy videos but I just wanted to know what do you think that this is a case of like manslaughter from the police what do you think should um happen here yeah do you think it's and also because the laws have been relaxed on who like how many police and how many like I think it's special constables um volunteers or something like can have tasers and stuff what do you think in light of that news as well I was, this story made me so sad. And I think what it shows is, unfortunately, the police do not know how to de-escalate mental health situations. They are just w- really ill-equipped or ill-equipped to deal with um, these situations. This should never have happened. And I saw that video and my heart just broke because I think there's just so many factors involved. But he, the police officer was like antagonizing him a, li- a little bit and he was walking towards the bridge and he was following him because he was the police officer was following the man with the screwdriver he was clearly having a mental health episode as he was following him and getting closer to the the bridge he then jumped so I definitely feel that there's some accountability that should be had because this was just really unacceptable like he's dead now when he really shouldn't have been in terms of tasering him it was just really all just well poorly um executed and I definitely feel that race did play a part because in the when I saw the video, I couldn't see the the race of the person, but I knew it was a black man. I knew it. Yeah, I just I I echo what you said. They just really don't know how to deal with mental health patients at all. I recently watched a documentary as well, and it was following the police. And the, the police they uh, they turned up at a few different locations, and the people had mental health issues. And one of the officers was like, "We just don't know how to deal with this." And their go-to in this situation was to pin the pin the people down. And then they were screaming at them, you're resisting arrest, you're resisting arrest. At which point the, the mental health patient is becoming more and more agitated because of the way that they're being treated. And they lash out 
And at that point, the police get really quite violent and really quite um, annoyed and say that you're assaulting an officer. I'm going to arrest you for assaulting an officer. But it's because they just don't know how to deal with mental health patients. And then obviously when they go into in, when they are arrested, then they go into prison, sorry, into the jail cells. Often what happens next is the outcome's not pretty good as well. I think what was interesting about this case is that it was filmed. It goes back to it being like in America. It's not that this stuff doesn't happen. It's just that it's not usually caught on tape. It just broke my heart because it was really sad. You can see that he was so distressed. He was rolling around on the floor that it could have been handled in, in a much better way. And my heart just goes out to him and his family, really. Yeah, I'm just stuck at the, the our version of arming more police and not even like, well, I say properly trained, they do go through training, but special police constables, whatever they're called, special constables. So you have more kind of less trained people on the street with weapons that are though maybe not as harmful as a gun. Can you just, everyone's genetic makeup can't, doesn't, doesn't react the same way to a taser. So those electrical currents can have, a, 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 you have no idea what the outcome's gonna be after getting tasered. And it is definitely that, as, as was said, police are just not trained to de-escalate. I'm sure they are trained to de-escalate, but there really isn't. I Maybe, I don't know, I'm not down at Hendon or wherever the place is. I don't know what it's like, but I don't feel like from the cases that we see over here in America, that they're trained properly in the art of de-escalation. Like man had a screwdriver. Okay, I'm not saying a screwdriver can, is obviously a deadly weapon and when used inappropriately, but I just don't get it why they can't find another way and I know a taser is meant to be the lesser version of a gun, but it's still really super dangerous. Um, yeah, it's just saddening. And then just another black man misunderstood because we obviously we are disproportionately represented when it comes to mental health. And the, the, the lack of understanding and research of how life and trauma affects us differently, considering our history, it's so under-researched and under-resolved that the resort is just the result the, they just resort to oh that's an, a violent scary black person so we've got to get them anywhere we can and see they just we're just seen as mad animals it's just upsetting and it's always worrying because you could just be literally having a moment and seen as a, a mental health wild person and that's it and it could just it could imagine you just have a moment because some people do have moments where life doesn't go come all the way together and you have a moment and then that's it because the police do not have a clue on how to handle you so yeah, I don't know. I don't have any words. It's nonsense to me. And very be exactly to the family and loved ones of the young guy. I watched a video unsuspecting. I, I didn't really get it just flashed up and I carried on watching it. And as I was watching, was totally like, oh, this is somebody having an episode. I think I've probably seen similar quite a few times in the train stations mm. where somebody's just looking manic, they're ranting may not have a screwdriver but they could have a really big bag or or a bottle or something and there is an element of fear where you are like go out of hand but I just felt that they needed there needs to be another team that comes along when you yeah. get somewhere and this is what's taking place somebody is clearly in a manic episode they're clearly in crisis if you're not able to all you need to do is keep them safe so it is like it's not approaching them and being aggressive and it's just more like, how can we help you? It's really trying to calm the person down until the people that can really de-escalate it come along and take over the situation. I just felt that it was really hasty and they treated him like he was super pressing. And I just didn't get that from the footage. It was just more, you could probably talk this man 
into getting into a car if you just spent a bit of time and it may take a while and you may hold up the bridge and people may have to wait but this is somebody's life somebody's child he could be a father a husband we don't know all family members like just think that this is a precious life and we should try and preserve it I think everything was super hasty like we have to get this bridge cleared and this man is an obstruction taser him get him in a vehicle get him out of here and it didn't happen like that I really do think there has to be some punishment that takes place with these officers because it wasn't managed well at all and because you're in a situation with a lot of responsibility you have to get punished when it goes wrong because really they do have blood on their hands that could have been handled so differently and sometimes it is you see super scary people and they are able to somehow arrest them even with knives and guns and this guy had a screwdriver and it's just nah this isn't good enough at all no i totally agree i think it's just it, it's just really interesting we see it time and time again like people who are not of our community they're able to be talked down and everything and I, I really resonate with what you're saying actually I, I was listening to Stephen Bartlett and he had Chris Ross who's some world-class negotiator and it's just like why can't that hold why can't they do that if there's like a, a hostage situation you get a negotiator and you get specialists in so you could easily get in the mental health specialist do you know what I mean I think it is definitely something that should be um, looked at and yeah I think that these officers they should be really up for a manslaughter charge because at the end of the day the guy he dropped the weapon they failed to restrain him properly at the, that moment in time and they escalated the situation rather than de-escalating it so that's their failure and and like being tased shouldn't end in death like that's the basic it's just that's supposed to be a preventive me measure but they just made it worse so yeah they're just, they're just rubbish in this country. So yeah, it's just really, yeah, heartbreaking. Love to the family and staff and yeah, it's a lot. What's the com comment from Ning? I don't know. How long was you on the I news? It looked, it was like a, literally the length of a clip on YouTube, um, on Instagram. So like no longer than a minute or so. I would say maybe a minute, two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. It was them getting there and then it just being all, it was like, you could have spent a good half an hour. doesn't matter how long it takes. Honestly. You spend the time to clear the area and get him into a car safely and to a hospital. That's it. The only thing is, the only thing which is in the, in if there was any type of perspective from the police, if like teachers, the bureaucracy, the red tape, the paperwork, the pressure to arrest, the pressure to bring in numbers and get shit done to get onto the next thing, not to excuse their behavior, but the resources, because they're like the fact that you're withdrawing resources from all the services that we need, and then you're training special constables. So not real police, withdrawing resources. It doesn't make any sense. This is Boris's job, nonsense, and his homegirl pretty. All the nonsense logic that they're applying to cutting our needs, this, there's, there's an angle. I, have, I don't, I'm not a fan of the police in any, in any type of way, but there could be a perspective that they're on like, look, we need to get this thing because we're going to get this and that. The roads are going to be blocked. Then we're going to get complaints. Then we're going to get this and we're going to get written up, all that type of stuff. The pressures of the jobs, especially for those in the line of fire in duty roles, that's a real thing to acknowledge. But that doesn't excuse what they did. To, to go back to Boris, the issue actually, he didn't start it, but he escalated it because he did actually lay off quite a few police officers. 
and did up the special constable route as well. He did that with the police. He did that with the fire service. Almost all of our emergency services under Boris when he was London mayor was cut. So, yeah, there probably is. It's not like Sadiq Khan is helping and adding to it, but Boris was at the helm of that as well. Did you call him Silly Khan or was... <laughs> Sadiq. Oh, if we actually said Silly Khan, I was like, ah, that's a good one. <laughs> Again, we send love and prayers to the family and for this horrible time. My story, okay, do you know, I'm, I feel greedy, I want to do both, but just quickly, I'll try and squeeze, just quickly, Jubilee, did any of you take part in the Jubilee in any way, shape or form? We had a bank holiday in the UK from Thursday till Sunday, honouring the Queen's reign over the Commonwealth for 70 freaking years. There's lots of stuff going on, street parties, there were concerts, there was a parade, like a mini carnival, if, if you like, for down to Buckingham Palace and the Queen. They even had a freaking hologram, not Tupac, not Whitney, <laughs> not BTS, of the Queen waving in her carriage. And what people did, they waved back. <laughs> people were waving back to a hologram in a carriage, a hologram of the Queen. People waved and screamed at that. Did you guys partake in anything Jubilee? And actually, as a foreigner away from home, as we are home away from home, what do you actually like about being from the UK, being British? Who's a foreigner? What do you I'm mean? We're, we're, this is not our actual roots and culture and her land. That's what I mean. You're British born. I'm a British man. I don't oh, know about oh. you. Maybe you. you oh, talk about passport. We talk I'm about British. It. I was born here. I'm oh. a Right. Oh, go ahead. I tell you what I did. I tell you, I tell you what I what I partaked in. That's not a sentence. What I participated in over the jubilee. I got on the jubilee line. That's what I did. Well done. I rode the jubilee line. That's what I did. And that but, was it. No, <laughs> not, I, I, what the whole pomp and. All that crap looked like to me was just 28 million being pissed up the wall. That's what that looked like to me, being set on fire. It just looked like that you got 14.5 million people starving in this country. There is not a location in Britain that doesn't have a food bank, but they spent 28 mil on this. Then they spent another X amount on a book that, Oh, now my, I ain't seen the book that all the kids are supposed to get from my daughter. She ain't got the book. So, like, well, go on. If your kids got the book, no, no. So, what? We, we just got missed off we then. Got, we got a cupcake. Where? <laughs> 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 from the Fruit Post. They did a Jubilee party at their school and it was sponsored by the Jubilee Commission, and they gave the school lots of cupcakes and we had a cupcake with the um, British flag on it. That's what oh! it was. A cupcake. Did you smash it? <laughs> no, I ate it. Fuck that shit. I'm not smashing anything. Like, I'm going to get what I can out of these fools. I didn't celebrate. The boys went with their grandma to a jubilee party on my, my estate where I grew up. They were there with my mum and they entered into a cake competition and they baked two cakes. And my eldest came fourth and the youngest came third. Ooh. And everybody on the estate ate the cakes and they they thoroughly enjoyed it and they think that this moment in time is what yeah they absolutely loved the whole jubilee thing we did have a sit down once i went and got them from my mum 
And I told them, remember what we say in this house, always bet on black. Can you see any black folk? And they were pointing at the artists and I was like, it's good that they got paid. Don't, don't think that these royals are anything to look up to. They're not black. And I was yeah. like, okay, okay mummy. Yeah, I so, took yeah. my daughter to the British Museum yeah. actually on the Thursday. And we, walked up and we looked at all the stolen artifacts exactly. and we spoke about it and we talk about it. And that's what we did. It was that's, like, that's our yeah. Jubilee celebration, isn't it? It's showing them the history, the true history of people. <laughs> Basically. The race that I've done is on Monday, I just said, I hope you had a good Jubilee weekend. <laughs> that was my celebration. <laughs> it, man. I, don't, I, I don't care. I really didn't care at all. Like, I was, I even forgot. I was grateful for the two days off. But then uh, I think we've talked about this before as a business owner, not really grateful as well because <laughs> it's just everything shut down, can't yeah. get nothing done. So there's that. Yeah, I, 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 it's just like a non-event. I'm just hoping that like these are the last days now. I really hope the monarchy is on its way out. Like I really do. I think hopefully people, everyone can see how much of the far, fast this was. Actually, I did enjoy Miss Banks' performance with Duran. That's probably the only clip that I saw. That was just like, oh my God, that's a magical moment. But other than that, I don't give a shit. I didn't even see the clip of it. I just saw her in the outfit with the guy from Duran and I thought, oh, he's shorter than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Vanessa, did you have any Jubilee celebrations? No, I feel a bit shamed, did nothing. I just made use of the extra two days. But I think, yeah, it was just a good time just to have some time off but and just like chill. But I didn't necessarily do anything as Jubilee related. So um, thanks, Lizzie, for the two days. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, so I definitely did nothing. I, I was at my mum's on at some part of it and she, bless her, is going to be 80 this year. So she has a different relationship with the monarchy which we argue about constantly. She was like, but she had it on. And I was like, mum, are we watching this? She goes, don't you start. We have our little um, mum and daughter bickers all the time. And she just, if you, just, if you don't like it, just get out. And I'm like, okay, mum, let's watch it. So she had it on, the parade one. And she was really very impressed with the concert the night before. She was really good. And she was very happy that Diana Ross was last. And she was really like, it was fantastic. She's very impressed with the performances. She liked AJ Adu, but she couldn't understand her. I said, mum, she's from up north, that's why. So she had a commentary about that. She just enjoyed it. For that generation, it's a different type of relationship. So I allowed her, but I was annoyed that I always said, like, don't, when I came home, my daughter was watching TV. I was like, is it on IT? Are we giving them ratings? I don't want to give nobody any ratings to add our numbers to their viewership. There were parties on the Sunday, everyone had their parties. So on my road, one of my roads is very Harry Potter and very posh. And there was a set up for the Jubilee party. And I just wanted to tear everything down. And I, I just wanted to throw the table over and be like a... Harry, what? You wanted to tear it down? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what she means. Like, I get annoyed with the flags and stuff. But yeah, so. but then I, I had to be like, I, my rage isn't their rage. Though I can't, I, they, yes, you should be rageful, but also I get it, it's your country. So what can I do? You be proud, innit? But I kind of, yeah. I pointedly cut my eye, no one cared. And then walked past in with my face screwed up. They did not care. And yeah. the whole and it goes to show who lives on that road because everybody at the party was white. At least one of my mum's road, it was a multicultural affair. And there was a black gospel singer who did a little bit of singing um, when I was on my little trip to Whole Foods and back. And she did a little gospel song. I like, um, sorry, I was going to say, I like the fact that Diana Ross was last on the performance yeah, because yeah. that's the real queen, isn't it? So I'm glad that she was last. <laughs> 
Am I wrong for not wanting any Americans involved? I don't care what they were doing, but I just felt once, once I saw the highlights and there was Americans, I was a bit like, should you not just be highlighting the British artists? Like, well, they, the queen picks the music. Like, yeah, yeah. So they say. <laughs> That's what they say to make her seem down with the kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, was she in her bed at this time? Maybe. The voice is straining. And there was a time, there was a moment when she could actually not. I, I, she wasn't uh, doing the, the big no. notes, like the the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the prolonged. It's when yeah. she smokes, she smokes. If yeah. there's been some like clips that I've seen, I only saw this recently where she was um, smoking weed on her private jet or whatever with her husband. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, no wonder she's burning up the weed and then it's messing up her throat. Must be smoking the hot. What Marlboro's? From the Marlboro's, yeah. The one thing that did annoy me, well, not one, the one thing, but one of the I'm things that I didn't time. like Smoking. was when when you're listening to the pundits and they're talking about the Queen oh, and the Jubilee oh, yeah. and all this stuff. What I really can't take is when they say <laughs> seventy years of service, fucking service. If you want to say seventy, her seventieth reign, years of reign, but don't say service. Like she's working. In the shop, down the mine, <laughs> or, a, or a teacher. That is exactly how they talk about her. Woman service. It's not Lulu, service. They Lulu talk about her like she's a miner. Like yeah, hands are tired. Like it's like yeah. what? Are you she's been about? doing it for seventy years. She has. <laughs> she literally just lived. That's my point. Like my mum is seventy. Okay, so celebrate my marge. Like, it's the same thing. If the queen's gonna get two parties, 28 million spent on her for being, for living and being the queen for 70 years, then I think my mum should get something too. Like, what nonsense? All she's done is stay alive. Lulu was doing the She was like, yes, and the queen is so, she's so like amazing that she's actually talking about her, literally you're talking about i'm describing you lot like oh my gosh auntie farah auntie shade auntie nana they're so amazing i know intricate speaking for her that's why i can't stand about pundits that create this whole narrative about something you don't know you never even freaking met her you never had a conversation the most you might have said hello mom and curtsy but yet you can narrative about this person like you talk to them every day on, on the phone she was like yes the queen is so amazing i mean and she's so cool and so amazing for watching this and putting up with this and having all her family come down and she brought us all together. No, she never. The event planners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anybody, the council. Um, <laughs> the council. Talking about um, Andrew and his a sudden dally with COVID. Uh, COVID. Yeah. All of a sudden. I swear they do that. For um, historical um, reasons, do you know course. what I mean? I feel I feel like they just need to like so it's written. They do So in fifty years, it's like a different. Yeah. Side different. note, so yeah. completely side note. Did you not hear about the Queen's cousins who yeah. they reported as dead? Yeah, reported as dead. I, I knew this. Yeah, they, them. they reported them as dead, like in the forties or something like that, <laughs> and they secretly had them in mental institutions where no one visited them. 
they only died in like 1986 and 2014. Why did this story just come up again? Because I, I remember know. learning this when yeah. I was in school. Because the, the peasants are right. revolting. The peasants are revolting. Like, fuck all this shit. The they ain't revolting to anywhere. I, the bare people were dancing in the streets, drinking in pubs, waving their flipping flags. Do flags make you nervous? I don't like seeing British flags around. Yeah, the I can't oh, lie. Like, you're absolutely right. The King George one is worse for me. That makes me think you literally really? the, the the white and red one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, one, I don't. I, I don't like them. But that what that makes me think you really truly love England, <laughs> and you will knock me in my head. I, uh, it's funny because I feel the same way about both of them. I'm with you, Auntie Shirley. No, it's and it's so bizarre because come carnival or any excuse, I've got my Grenada flag up and mm, I've yeah. weighed that loud, loud and proud, but it's just like the British flag, it seems like it's like the Texas flag, isn't it? That's what the Confederate Those negative connotations yeah. to me. Mm. I don't know why, but it definitely fills me with unrest. And that's, draw, that's what I'm saying. Because if you draw for the George Cross one, it's like someone drawing for the Confederate, because you're going into history to really grab onto that part of it. Mm. Anyway, let's get the comments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So Nicholas says I was only vexed that Monday was not a bank holiday. Same. Bank holiday too. Same. Nee says those same cupcakes were for sale in Sainsbury's. Definitely. <laughs> uh, T Smith says yes, Auntie Nana. Accentuating the importance of your children's culture to them is the way. Yeah. And Ronald says, what of that brat of a prince? Well, oh yes! Oh, the brat! I forgot about him. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that made me laugh. Prince up Kate's mouth. Imagine! Oh god! <laughs> no behaviour. No. Let that be. Let, well, that, be let, let, let that be Archibald. <laughs> That's what they all said. If that was Archie, it would have been like Megan and her black DNA can't <laughs> be controlled. Yeah. The wild child. He's, oh, he's what level people. of wildness is that? That with all of those people watching, most kids would freeze and be like, "Oh my god, what's going no, on?" There's always going to be there making face. Courtney's kids. <laughs> yes, they're wild. Courtney's yeah, kids. Yeah, let's them do whatever. There's like you don't yeah, have the same. Kate's got no control in her yard. Kate doesn't no. handle them. She's got the maids to do that. And then, they needed uh, the nanny sitting next to him on the other yes, side. Yes, that this brings is him the up. That's why he was acting yeah. up because he was like, "You're not my mother." Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what he did when he yes, grabbed her lips. <laughs> he literally grabbed her lips. <laughs> and she had to restrain herself. You know, she wanted to elbow she My mom, oh my God, my mom's so rich. My mom is literally, why is he with? She's got no bottom. She's flat everywhere. My mom is so upset about Kate. So is William. So is William upset about Kate too. <laughs> and that's what she says. So that's why he's always cheating. I'm not listening. My mom's got stories for days. But yeah, and just, just okay, just as we're talking about, we didn't finish the comments, just talking about Will and Megan who had to dim their light to make sure Harry. that no one said Harry, Harry my bad. <laughs> Megan and Harry had to dim their lights so no one so no one could say that they were trying to steal the shine, but they the headlines were all saying that she introduced the child, the little bit, to the grandma for the first time and all that type of stuff. And today got cheers when they entered but the Piers building. still had something to say. Piers, Piers, 
He still had something to what say. What the hell did he say this time? What did like, he say? shit about her. And, oh, just the picture of her shushing. The child. She's, te- she's telling the child, the children to shush. And he said something about, oh, that something about when the kids see Auntie Megan. And it's like, they all scared. I just, he just had to say something. He thrives off it. Everyone should ignore him. He thrives off the attention. Yeah. But he was the same man that said, I don't see anything wrong with spending 28 million on the, on the, the queen. That's what... Pomp and whatever it is, circumstance and glory and all that crap. He was happy. Let's get the rest of the comments and move on, because, mate. Okay, sorry. All right, where did I get up to? Some more came in. Uh, la, 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 la. Okay, so T. Smith says, my aunt was shocked at the appearance of Diana Ross. She described her as looking like a bag stuff of potatoes. Oh, Ooh, Wow. I thought she looked quite nice. Um, T Smith goes on to say, In it, Auntie Farah, I wish I could wave my hands around and get paid for life. Dream job, that. Nicholas says, Did any of you see Stacey Solomon on Loose Women? It was hysterical. She said, yeah. I don't get it. What is the big deal? And the other well, women were leaving their mind. I was going to say yeah, that. That's that's yeah, uh, it was definitely doing the rounds, and yeah, rightly so. <laughs> uh, Smith goes on to say the British flag equals NF skinheads KKK. That's ha- that's what it conjures yeah. up in me. Is definitely NF yeah. and skinheads and Millwall. And Millwall yeah, 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 all of that. Logi and mm. gracious greatness says one to all the aunties. Them good evening, everybody. Hope you're Bye. all well. Hello, gracious greatness, and here we go. And then Gracious says, Pierce Tinkim high value. Yeah, I'm not even make, <laughs> but, but, but I guess he doesn't even make Texco value. Pierce is That was my best trying at an accent. You tried and then I you will be here again next week and I will improve. <laughs> <laughs> tried and then translated. Yeah. All righty. All right. Let's move on. Move on to. Uh, um, oh, actually. It's a very important part of the show. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hi, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. So guys, I don't know if you've ever had a HelloFresh meal, but I'm tempted to get a HelloFresh meal. Because one thing I don't like, having to make decisions in, in the grocery store because it's I, hard and it's pressure. I, I did HelloFresh for over a year. Yeah. Because we were like, when you just get into that rut of making the same things and then freezing it and just having the same meals. And then after a while, we stepped up a notch and we're just having takeaways like three or four times a week, which is crazy expensive. And actually it was one of my friends, Melvin. He was working with HelloFresh got his code and I just stuck with it for over a year and there was quite a few different types of bolognese because I love spaghetti bolognese but there's like a Thai one there's lamb there's just so many different types of bolognese that they had so I would always select that and it's easy for the kids simple 
and we I was probably like saving over a hundred pounds a week just oh, following wow. through with the HelloFresh. So it definitely was great. I enjoyed it. And now that they are sponsoring our show, I will join back up with them and tell you guys of all the recipes that we're working with as well. So you just they have a bag of I've never done it. So yes. they have a bunch of recipes and you just pick which ones you want and that's yes. it. Yeah, okay. it's like on a Monday or Tuesday, depending on your delivery date that you said. I think I went for the Monday and then you would just go through and say, we want mints, we want to follow this recipe plan, the very Thai curry, Thai green curry, like all of that type of stuff. And then they'll send you the meats, they send you the pastas and all of the spices. They send you over, like more spices than you actually need. So by the end of the, you've just got lots of bags of spices. And is the meat like all like, like proper fresh and, and shit? Obviously you're going to clean it, but there's no like bird hair no, there's no stringy bits there's no feathers okay, cool. like when you go to the butcher you yourself and you're like clean up my things yeah like, okay cool i'm yeah. glad you said that. that i'm glad you said obviously we're going to wash it because no, it's not Hello, i'm black <laughs> but all right guys if you haven't used HelloFresh, please go to the website and speak to what meal looks best to you okay fair enough so go to the link in our show notes we'll drop them in the show notes to get 50 percent off that's right 50% off your first box and then 35% off your next three boxes. Um, that's a link in our show notes for 50% off your first box and then 35% off your next three boxes. HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. And now it's time for Auntie's Getting Your Business. 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 Now, to say something, yeah, I was just getting to the point where it was not infuriating me as much that Auntie's getting your business thing, but you don't need to do the ad libs. Just keep I it do. clean. No, I do because keep it's it an evolution of song. It's nah, a remix. Like if it was just one, one, one round of it. That's it. Don't, that's don't, don't dim my light. I think we can hear that. Compromise is life. I'm not Meghan and Harry. I will not dim my light for any of you. She, she was in white. There was no light dimming. Did you see her sachet through the... <laughs> Did you see the meme? Listen, yeah, that's right. Yeah, grinning at everybody. Like, like, there was no dimming of lights there. Like, Meghan, well, light, well, like Meghan, I ain't dimming my light. Anyway, <laughs> we're welcoming the wonderful Ms. Vanessa. So actually, let me start. Okay, my young lady, please introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Oh, thanks for having me. My name is Vanessa Sanyauke, and I do a number of things. I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Girl Stop London. So we're all about empowering women. We partner with businesses to help women level up in their careers. And I also am a podcaster. I have a podcast called The Afterbirth Drinks Club, interviewing like business um, owners and professionals. And I've spent over 15 years in diversity and inclusion. So my background's working in corporate and trying to do my best to make it more um, diverse and inclusive, so that's me. How would you describe your life right now at this very moment in one word or a sentence? Madness! Okay. <laughs> it's absolute madness. With There's a lot going on. So today we just announced that we've opened up an office in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, and that was amazing for us. Yeah, so it's been quite a lot. We're growing our team right now and there's just lots happening. So it's madness, but it's a very beautiful madness. I'm really grateful for it. Wicked. 
So can you tell us about why you started Girls Talk London? What made you do it? I so I started Girls Talk London, I, it, it was a side hustle. So I started it in 2013 when I was working in the financial services. And it was really because one, I never saw women in senior roles. And I used to do a lot of work with young people in the community. And I just saw a lot of women and young girls just opting out of careers and banking. And I just thought, you know what, this is a really big issue because women are opting out of careers that are going to make them lots of money that could change their lives. And so... I started it originally, the name Girls Talk was I just brought some women that I knew that worked in the city to talk to secondary school girls about their careers. And so it, it started out as a quarterly event. And then we just grew and grew to do like more work with a lot of companies to help them get more women through the doors. And so that's how it all began. Thank you. Okay, so focusing on women in business, as we are all business owners as well, what are some tips that you can offer women in business that we could use to improve and also compete with our male counterparts? You know what? I The biggest lesson that I've learned, and it's been a painful one, is around my pricing. I mm. did not charge properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the challenge I had now is having to tell my clients, actually, you've been having me for cheap for the past couple of years. <laughs> and they're like, how come you're like quadrupling the price? And it's no, because I severely undercharged my services, like severely. Oh. When I, and I had one of my friends who's in business as well, he helped, he just looked at my prices and he was like, this is shocking. He was a man. And he was like, this is just shocking and, you know, really bad. Like, you are severely undercharging. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have realised. So I think my advice would be to speak to, if you're having a business, if you're running a business, try and speak to other people who are doing the same business as yours. Even if they are your competition, start speaking to your competition and start trading notes and seeing, especially what men, like male-led companies are charging to benchmark yourself because I didn't do that. I just thought what was what was right or what I felt I deserved and I was so wrong. So that would be my number one tip is to make sure that you get your prices um, right from the very, as early on as possible. Mm. Yeah. Super important. Thank you. Very good tip. So you, my dear, have been recognised as influential woman in business spaces for quite a while. And obviously that's a huge honour. But when you was growing up, when you was younger, who for you was the influential person? I was obsessed with Oprah. Oh, yeah. Winfrey, like absolutely obsessed with her. And I remember watching her show, I was eight years old and I'd never seen a black woman on TV holding a microphone and being in charge. I had never seen it. And so for me, that was like my inspiration, just seeing a black woman having her own show, being in charge, and then just following her career as I grew up and seeing how successful she was. That was a really big inspiration for me. It just showed me that it was just having that visible role model like a really good positive role model at such a young age was really, it showed me that literally I could achieve what I wanted to, what, what I wanted in life Yeah. Um, from a very um, young age. So that was really okay. yeah, who I admired growing up. And what was you like when you were younger? What would you say? I always got the same thing on my school report. Vanessa's like a really lovely child, really conscientious was a, one of those key, you know, buzzwords, but she talks too much. She's a distraction. <laughs> she chats too much. She needs to stop talking because it's not going to get her anywhere. <laughs> and that was my feedback. And it's quite funny now that I do a lot of 
public speaking and have a podcast and mm-hmm. I talk a lot in my job but that was my one thing I was just I was always chatty I could not stop talking and I was really annoying as a child I was always in adults business I was always in adult conversation I thought I was too grown and yeah that was what I was like as a kid Fingers up to your teachers that said talking a lot's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, honey, let's, let, look at me now. <laughs> um, we'll bring it back to business. Your work takes you into the DNI diversity inclusion space. I'm super cynical of the power or lack thereof of people who work in DNI. How have you found it navigating these spaces? And do you not think that if businesses and industries wanted to change, they can do? And DNI departments are just posters to appear like they care. I am very cynical about yeah. DNI. And I, I am too, and I work in the space. And yeah. I think I that's why I had to come out. So I'm more, because I've worked in the, in, in-house for such a long time, I got exhausted last year and I thought, you know what, I'm tapping out. You can ask me for advice. I can try and work with you, but working in-house, it is a nightmare. And I think you're right in terms of, I think, with companies, they are, a lot of them, they want the quick fix, right? The tick box, the, the black squares and the, oh yes, we've signed up to this program and oh yes, we're sponsoring this program. And when you try to, when you try now work with them and say, oh, where's the data? So what are you actually doing to recruit more black people into your company? And then what are you doing to progress them? That's when things get silent. That's when it goes to, oh no, we haven't got the budget. And that, and they don't want to invest in it. They want everything for cheap. They want a, to, to run DNI programs but pay 50p for them. They don't want to invest in them. And that's where a lot of DNI professionals yeah. get stuck. So I remember I was head of DNI at a law firm and my budget was just really like shit, basically. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do anything. And then when we had the pandemic, the partners came for my budget, of course, because it was like, oh, you just do that DNI thing and, and CSR and, and it's just, and that can just go. And literally they cut my budget cut my budget and then I ended up actually leaving there and going to work somewhere else but before then they were actually gonna I think they were gonna basically furlough me as well because they thought wow. you're just just absolutely like shit DNI is just a waste of space so I've seen it like in-house in how a lot of companies they want to have all the kind of glitz and glamour about saying that they're doing something but don't want to invest and so I'm very like because I, I work a lot now in consultations so I guess I'm on the outside and I'm like, if you're not going to invest in it, don't come and work with me. Because I'm just not about doing something just so that you can tick boxes. Really invest, like, your time. And it's also about resources as well. I think people forget that. You have, because when I was working in-house in DNI, for example, so I worked for a global bank. We had 70,000 employees. And there were three specialists. And we were in 70 countries. Wow. And it was like... Wow. So they do, but, yeah, there were other departments that had 20 people. Wow. We had three. And then it was like, and we were all burnt out. And we're all like, I think most of us have left now because it was like, are you actually serious about it? There's three of us and you expect us to do all this work. So I hear you on that. There's such a long way to go. So, okay. So sorry, just on the back of that, if there is such a long way to go, what are some, what, because there are, I know a lot of people, black people who are in DNI roles and either are jaded or are entering into it with like hopeful vim hopefully that their, their light isn't get, doesn't get dull as we've been talking about. So what are the either recognizable signs that this co- the company's about it or what things should a DNI person push forward for, not take no for an answer on to really help you? I know it might be a bit of a big question, but are there any yeah. tips or insight? I would say a lot of people now 
I'm seeing think DNI is a sexy I can be famous I can have my name you know associated with some kind of really cool thing for me I just I know that my purpose is DNI and it's not a fun job I wouldn't say it's a fun job I wouldn't say if you want to have a good time do DNI it is not it is so taxing and it's so tiring and it's, and it's exhausting so unless you are literally see it as your vocation don't do DNI go and become a banker or an engineer so I would say what you have to look out for is one budget. So I coach a lot of professionals who want to get into DNI, and I say in your interview, the first question you should ask is what is the budget and make sure it is like substantial for the size of the organization. Look at what their profits were in the, per year and make sure you can actually do something with it. So I think that's really key. And I think also it's how bought in is the CEO. So I feel that when DNI reports to like HR, it's just really flimsy and nothing really gets done. So I feel like if a company is really about DNI, that function would report directly to the CEO. Sorry, someone said, oh, what DNI, DNI, sorry, DNI, diversity and inclusion. If, if it reports to the CEO, then I think that's really, it shows that company is taking it really serious because it's at that senior board level and the CEO is taking ownership. So I'd say those few things um, as well are really important. Otherwise, if you don't have the budget and you don't have this backing and the like ear of the CEO, nothing will change at all. So I would just say those two things. That makes total sense. Sorry. I, I have an additional question to that just popped in my mind. I've always wanted to ask somebody about this. Most people that I know that work in diversity and inclusion are black. Yeah. And it's always struck me like, why is it, and it's usually black women, why is this like black labor? And should there not be white people on the team fostering it? Because usually you're working against some form of white pathology or within their white supremacy. This generally, yeah. and it's always like, why is it black people doing it? If you have any, yeah. I've always wanted to ask somebody that. Yeah, because just aside to what Nana said, we had a discussion previously and we were saying that if it's going to work, maybe at the top of it should be like an Anglo-Saxon middle-aged man. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, is, this is why I said the CEO. So that most yeah, of the yeah, CEOs yeah. are white men. So if you have a white man backing you, you're good to go. So that's why I think it's important for the, it to report to the, C, to the CEO. But I would say a lot of DNI heads are not just black, black women, but they are people from marginalized communities. So in not yeah. my space, a lot of my colleagues are white gay males, for example, um, or maybe Asian women, yes. you know, disabled um, individuals. So yeah. those that really are part of those communities and you're right. So it's just one of those things, I think because we're truly passionate about it because we understand firsthand the experiences and I don't think I think it works better because at least you really know firsthand what the barriers what barriers are faced so I feel like I don't necessarily want like lots of straight white men working in DNI I just want them to cut the check yeah. <laughs> stop misbehaving and let us through that's I think that's what we want yeah yeah you brought up something really interesting earlier on when you said when you started your business you were undervaluing your fee and I think as women in business, whether you have your own company and you're charging stuff or whether you're going for roles and you're asking for salaries, we always have issues with asking for the right amount. You'll get a man and a man will be like, I want 100,000 hats. But one will be like, maybe you could give me 50, maybe? I know, do it all the time. Yeah, what, what are the things that you, how would you, what would you suggest to women in order to help us get past that? 
Oh my God. So I coach women on this, negotiating pay, and I'm literally almost have to bully women to go for it. And I think the important thing is you have to make that, do your research. So really find out like in terms of your industry, what is the kind of highest salary and what is a kind of average salary? And I always say, go in at least two thirds than, than what you want. So even ask for double with what you want, because then they'll come down. So I always, I always say, think about what the average salary is. If the average salary, so for example, is maybe like 60K, ask for 100. And, and then they will come down to maybe 70 or 80K. And I think it's all about understanding what your worth is as well. So really getting clear on what value you bring to the company. So if you've got qualifications, if you've got experience and say, actually, I want this because this is the experience that I bring. And you're right, white, a white male, a straight white male friend of mine, he was at the time, he was working as a head of DNI in another law firm, coached me in my negotiations. And so it's, it's crazy. He was like, this is how I think as a white man. Like, I just go in there and I just ask and I don't care. And I behave like him and literally I got what I wanted. So I think we need to start thinking like straight white men. They don't care. They will ask for a ridiculous, even some of them will ask for like £150,000. And maybe the advertised salary is 50. They don't care because they're like, we feel guilty. And they're not going to say no. I always say, leave the negotiations until after you've been given the offer. Because nobody wants to now go back into the, the pool and do interviews again and put the job advert out. So if they've offered you the role, just ask for a ridiculous number. And then the most they'll say is, look, we can try and come down. I think it's better than having to try and negotiate up um it's easier to negotiate down so that's what i always say yeah thank you brilliant advice thank you <laughs> that that was great and you, you do a lot so i'm thinking like because you're juggling so much how do you center yourself like where do you find peace and i think that's so important especially as you coach people as well like how do you gather yourself together you know what i, I have to say it's i'm a work in progress so there are some weeks where it's going well and there are some weeks where it's not, but what I try and do is have at least Sundays, it's like my kind of re regroup and wellness. So I make sure that I have like at least one day for myself. But what I've really got into recently is my morning routine and being really strict in that and, and having it as a ritual. So I wake up, I will light candles or aromatherapy, I journal, I pray, listen to music, have my coffee, just do things that bring me joy. And make sure I do that like every morning. So one thing I'm good at is, is my morning routine. And that helps center me as well. And also it's quite, my friend actually told me this really weird thing. When she's having a really shit week, she has a bath in the middle of the day. And I tried that recently. And that is the one like bath, the, the oils, everything. When you're having like a bit, if you're working from home, she was like, just have a bath in the middle of the day and actually work. So I just try and find little like little quirky things like that to try and just yeah get back to myself but it is hard you, you can't get it right um but I think trying to have some kind of routine is really important that speaks to yeah. me the bath salt bath <laughs> yeah really Epsom salt bath. yes just give it all them, them toxins and bad vibes I'm glad you said if you're working from home because can you imagine you're at work yeah, I've got that too <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, can you imagine? in the kitchen and you're in the sink <laughs> exactly or some people might now be saying at their new workplace we want bath tubs now yeah. we want bath tubs to have bath tubs. i literally had that vision 
Yeah. Yeah. So like speaking of like being in the workplace and stuff, like the look of women in business has always been challenged in our opinion. So whether it's like whether you're wearing heels or not, or like whether you wear like a black woman, like wearing your natural hair and stuff, like how would you describe your look first of all? And have you had any issues with regards to it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny because I'm going into the office um, tomorrow and me, I literally, I I don't dress like what I would think a typical CEO dresses. And I think I've now come into myself. So I'm like a tracksuit girl and, oh. a, and a Air Jordans and yeah. Converse and jeans. And that's how I am. So I was just like, I was even like trying to plan my day for tomorrow. And I was like, and I got this new tracksuit and, and I've got a meeting with an advisor and I was like, do I rock the tracksuit or do I wear the jeans? And is he going to think, but I just, but I have to just be myself. So that is yeah. how I am. And I go into the office with my team now. I'm always in a tracksuit or trainers if I haven't like got like an event to go to. If I want to try and make an effort, quote unquote, then you might see me in jeans and some heels and a t-shirt and a blazer. That's my kind of style, but I'm very casual and that's how I've always been. And I had issues like working in the financial services. Mm-hmm. When I was in my 20s, I was working in banking and I used to get just so many like people. People used to laugh at me because I'd have different wigs. Oh, and God. yes, I'd come in and have short blonde wig. And because I was mm-hmm. at that age of trying to experiment mm-hmm. and it really was quite traumatic, like having people laugh at you and snigger at you because, oh, you've come in with a different wig. Or I'd maybe wear like a skirt that was maybe like a vinyl or some kind of being trying to be trendy. And I think that was always quite tough. I'd had sort of those barriers being a black woman and you're trying to maybe just change up your your, your weave um, here and now and then. And people looking at you funny. And I've also had, again, in the corporate space, being looked down upon by wearing braids. I remember I didn't get, I had this interview once and I thought to myself, should I? have my braids down or should I put it up and I thought let me put my braids down but I thought the woman won't like me because I've got my braids down and I got feedback about oh there's just something that they're not really sure about you and your fit and I was like I knew it so I've had those barriers about if you had your braids down Mm. I thought I bet she'll think I'm like if I had them up so it's all those barriers I've experienced sadly and so I think we've got a bit better but there is still that stigma about braids cornrows about I remember I used to work at parliament and we had dressed down Fridays and I I wore jeans with little slits in the middle and I got pulled pulled to the side like there's been complaints from some people and some people here your jeans really messy <laughs> you know something that you were messy is because some wow freaking dirty old man couldn't contain sexually aroused by me. Oh, <laughs> exactly. exactly. I've had that and I was like, but my oh, jeans no. were like and there was literally like you know like the ripped jeans, but just yeah. at the at the knees. Just a little bit yeah. of a rip. And so I didn't think we have dressed down Fridays because Parliament is um in recess. Mm. And I got complaints, but you just you know, from MPs and it's dressed down Friday. You should be able to come oh. in in hot pants and a bra if you want. Exactly, <laughs> but I'm the mess. But you MPs are doing anyway. Let's not yeah. go to after you've got a torture room in the dungeons. Exactly. <laughs> after you're doing all your madness, yeah. um, I was the mess. So I've I've really had a really. 
I guess I always call it traumatic journey in terms of just like me being comfortable and being who I am. Even like I said to you today, I was debating what do I wear mm. because I'm meeting someone. So it's never ending. Yeah, never ending. Right. Okay. Wow. Um, wow. What's the end goal for you? What will What will it take to be like, yep, I've done what I came to do. Sayonara. Yeah, I'm about to change because I'm I'm not seeing it. So once things have, I can see some significant change in the work that I'm doing, that's when I feel like you know what I can now just take a step back, you know, have my kids and my family. But I think for me, success as I've gotten older, it's not necessarily about like material things. I want, I definitely want to have a family. I want to leave a legacy in terms of like humans, and so that's like when I feel like yeah like I've been successful when I've got my kind of legacy and my kids and my family that's a big like goal for me haha you're on mute you're on mute haha <laughs> <laughs> you're on mute I was, I didn't, I was like what's that? I was like, you, you, like you were singing that's why <laughs> <laughs> was all the actually, music. I actually wasn't singing I was say thank you. That was wonderful. And now oh, it's a time you. at the party, and you and your favorite aunties have surrounded you in the kitchen, mm -hmm. and they're about to get deeper into your business. This is the quick fire. You, we're going to get thing. <laughs> you can't lie to us. So you got to tell us everything. Oh, I'm, 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 I, I feel very much at home. So yes, I'm, okay. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> cool. Go. get my best auntie on. <laughs> Vanessa. Yes. You was one. <laughs> No, but seriously, like, what's your relationship status? You... Ah, just um, over it. I just, uh, that, for me, I don't know, really, there's not enough time, aunties, to, to, to deal with me. I think my own, like, blood aunties, they're thin with me. They are thin oh, with wow. me. It's one of the areas where business is great, but my love life has been a disaster. But, oh. so, I'm single right now. I don't have kids. I really do want kids, but I'm single right now. And I am like ready to date. But I think, because I did this thing last year where I had therapy like every week for a year. And that really helped me think about the choices that I've made in the past. And so I feel like I've done the inner work now myself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now I can make better choices. But the issue I have, aunties, is where the heck are the men? Please. Like, where are know? they? And I'm, I'm talking about in real life. Yeah, yeah. I-R-L, not U-R-L on, online. Hi, <laughs> where are the men in real life? They don't talk to yeah. me, I don't see yeah. them. How? Auntie <laughs> Nana's holding them all hostage because she yes. reckons there's a bag of them out there. <laughs> so this is the part where the aunties take a deep gulp of their drinks and say, moving on. <laughs> okay. All right, okay, so how many kids do you actually want though? Let's create the scenario to put it into the ether so that the universe gives you what you're after how many children do you want I think I'm getting to the point where I, I really wanted four but I think age-wise if I have two I'd be happy okay we yeah. want two children what yeah. what's the ideal setup three girl boys girls what are you after three girls one boy Ooh, I'm a girls cool. girl I just, I just want one boy three girls Listen, this is we're getting the universe to do it <laughs> Let's throw, okay, let's throw in your ideal man. Let's throw that in. And the man, what type of man do you want? Oh, do you know what? And, and I don't mean missing disrespect, but I used to go for personality. Those days are over. I really want a really good-looking man. Yes. I think I deserve it. Like, 
I want him to be gorgeous. Tall. Just tall. And I and yeah, tall, fit, like oh sexy. And and just that so looks wise, I really want a fit man. But then looks wise, give us a celebrity or someone, what's your type? I love and see Joshua also have my celebrity crush is Woody McCain. He plays Kane in Power. Oh my Power god. Two. Know, uh, yeah, okay. He okay. is fine. Like, oh, I am in love with him. Yeah. Okay. He's, Woody McCain, I'm telling you. He was, in, he was in um, the, he played Bobby Brown. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just, my the chocolate is chocolate. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah, no, we have. Does he have to be tall? Does he have yes, to be tall? Please. At what, least taller than me. And so I'm 5'6. So, I'm sure taller than me. So, like, Six foot, I would like. Okay. You want to be able to snuggle in his armpit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So, McLean, Anthony Joshua, Bill, tall. Yeah. He's got a, and it's her personality, by the way. No, yeah. Character wise, I want him to be like very ambitious. So like someone that's got a few things going, that is very entrepreneurial, okay. family orientated, and also okay. secure. Mm -hmm. I need a secure mm -hmm. man that is secure in himself. Mm -hmm. And doesn't mind like a little bit of an alpha female. Mm. Oh, so, so yes. You don't watch. Kevin are are you prepared to submit? No. Submit an invoice. Are you submitting? I'm like submit an invoice. I'm out to the universe so that the universe can send the. Do you know what? So I, I, I would, if I was to get married, I think you should submit to each other. And yes. I think if you yes. feel like mm -hmm. if you respect your husband and he respects you, you both submit to each other. I'm not going to submit to someone who's my boyfriend and who I don't respect. <laughs> so if, if it's the right man, I would submit. Compromise is Yeah, I, I, I love this. Yeah. We're getting very yeah. specific. This is great. The universe yeah. is like, Going like, okay, here we go, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Send them and if it happens, you got invited to the wedding. Well, of course, of course. Invite to the wedding, and then hopefully, this magical human being is going to have magical brothers. Like, <laughs> That's the plan. The magical brothers that want the magical man. <laughs> That's the plan. Ask yeah, so, talking about aunties and stuff, what kind of auntie are you? And if you're not an auntie already, what kind of auntie would you be? I'm an auntie to lots of lovely nieces and nephews. And I'm kind of like the single fly auntie. So <laughs> I just come in, <laughs> I drink, yes. I, do you know, I'm not cooking yeah. in the kitchen. I'm just hanging out, looking fly. Yeah. And then I go to my apartment and live my best life. So that's like the auntie yeah. that I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, it's, that's, we're, we're getting closer, yeah. Listen, tell us your favorite auntie, something you haven't told your mum or your dad. Basically, tell us a secret that you haven't told anybody. We want to know now. Oh my God, a secret? Yes, niece. I don't actually think my mum knows this. And, I, and it's so funny, because I'm sure she might have guessed. I used to sneak out when I was a teenager. Oh. But we've never had this conversation. <laughs> We had a study um, in our house, and it was at the bottom. And I used to sneak out that window, go raving, go raving with my friends, go see my boyfriend, and come back through that window, wow. close it, and go to my bed. <laughs> to go oh, to my bed. Wow. Oh, I love it. 
That's well done. And, and I, I've, I've never told my parents this, so I don't know if they know. And you absolutely never got caught. That's no. amazing. Because I used to leave the window, because it was back in the day, the window would open wide. So yeah. I used to leave it shut just a little bit. So I'll push in, come through, shut the, shut the window. Yeah. When, you kids, when you have kids, they're not going to be able to do anything. Because you're going to know. know. You're going to know. Everything. Everything. Be like, you. Look, I've done it. And got away with it. You are so never going to beat windows. me. Like, There'll be exactly. bars on the windows. <laughs> yeah, they will literally need bars and alarm. Literally, I yeah, literally, I was raving it up at my boyfriend's. Yeah, they don't wow. know. <laughs> well, they, well, do they do now. <laughs> they listen to this, and my mom listens to everything that I'm on. Sorry, I came out fire. <laughs> Auntie, Auntie Vanessa's mum is all right. <laughs> She's gonna redeem herself now. Have a drink, yeah. it's fine. Have yeah. a drink. <laughs> You're gonna redeem yourself because we want you to tell us something that makes one of the great things that you've done. Some of the great things that you've done that you're really proud of. Oh my gosh, I think I'm. I think I'm most proud of my business that I set up because of what we're doing. So I'm just really um, proud of when I hear stories about young girls who we've helped get jobs women that have been able to negotiate a really good salary or get jobs because of our coaching and, and, and our programs. I think that's the thing that I'm really most proud of, just what I've been able to build and what I'm gonna continue to build with my company. So I think that would be the most, my proudest moment, I'd say, or proudest thing. See, Auntie Vanessa's mum, she redeemed herself. Also, is there like a family saying that you have in your family that you really hold dear or a saying that you wholly reject that you're not gonna you're not gonna pass on to your kids. Yeah, do you know what it is? Like my aunties used to say Vascana all the time, which means girls, like as in girls come into the kitchen, sweep the kitchen floor, girls, uh -huh. cook, like basically like really not that they meant anything bad, but because I think culturally aunties back in the day, older generations of girls should be in the kitchen cooking. And so she would always call us like, girls, girls, we'd always be like, oh my God, I hate that saying. So even when I hear the word Vascana, I just feel like, oh, I hate it. So oh. I think I wouldn't necessarily make my daughters do like typical household chores. I'm going to make sure that my son, my sons know yeah. how to clean a house and cook and, and, and all those things. So I think I wouldn't keep that tradition. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. And now is the time where you can let us solve a problem for you. So do you have <laughs> an issue we can help you solve or like a dilemma or anything like that? Or if not, we can give you some unsolicited auntie advice. But, you know, yeah. is that your, your, your... I do. I said at the beginning, what, listen, where can I find a man? Like, literally, that's one, that is one personal issue I need help with. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to mate. But there's no mates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one question we might not be able to give you the answer. No, I think I legit if you really want a man, you have to treat it like a job. So yes. you have to okay. treat it like one of your projects, one of your businesses and yeah. stuff. Really, really like put yourself out there and almost yeah. do a bit of a project plan and say, these are the places I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out X amount of times a week. I'm going to be depending on how confident and forward you are, whether you're gonna approach people or not if you're not going to approach people you have to look welcoming and, and warm so people approach you don't go out into don't go out in groups more than three go out with women that look similar to you um, I think that you need to write a book 
singing from my hymn sheet at this moment. I'm, I'm overly <laughs> surprised. Because I'm like, I just really? she's not you know all of the things. I would say, wait, it's the thing is she's always known. All the women I know that are really focused yeah. and really serious, they they yeah. really treat it like a job, yeah. and they focus yeah. and they put time, and they also put deadlines as well, kind yeah. of thing. They're like, I want to meet someone like for a serious relationship in six months or nine months or 12 months do you know what I mean so it's just you you really have to fight you can't literally be like oh yeah I really want to meet someone but not go out or not um you know obviously now we're in a digital world like not post on social not be commenting do you know what I mean you have to show up where where men are really and truly so that's places in real life and would you go online i'm so over online <laughs> i'm so over it there's too many men who are married on there as well i've had so many horror stories from my friends i'm like no nah, i don't want to chance it but I, yeah i've just had a bad experience it, yeah. is, it is an energy before a matching service would you actually pay i did pay and yeah. literally it was such a waste of money <laughs> so i don't really know. yeah like i paid a lot and it was oh. just like, I didn't get any like really good potential matches. So I what? don't know. That's why I'm like, sorry, was it, it was this? It was this app that was like designed okay. to act like a matchmaker and you spent oh, like a lot of money on it. Mm-hmm. And they looked at like your profile and would send you like suggestions like every day. And it was just awful. Like some of the suggestions. No, I, so. I'm, I'm thinking, I know somebody did that. I'm thinking more of a person like actually going to somebody who has a proven track record is a really good matchmaker. I, I have a couple of friends who have had success that way. More friends have had success through match.com. Yeah, probably, I think I'm on four friends now who have got married, but definitely everything Auntie Sade said, yeah. they went out, one, one of them, we actually did a whole show premise on getting married. It was called Yomo. And it was like the manifestation of, I'm gonna create a show that is about me journeying to get married. And we did the pilot and through that, it's like she carried on the dating thing. Maybe seven months after we did that pilot, she met her now husband and she has a child. But she absolutely was so intentional that I am going to get married within two years and have a child and just put everything in place. You set up your dating thing, she would go on dates. We would be there, like the girls were there so that she's being safe. Everybody was conspiring to her having this dream happen. And it happened quite quickly. I think there is a lot of, if you say it's going to happen, because that's what the universe does. So it's going to happen for you. It absolutely is. But please just put yourself out there. Yeah, exactly. So I love that you even said it, because I really think lots of women now don't actually say, I I actually want a mate. I want to have this guy. Loads of people hold from back from that so it doesn't take place so I know it's going to happen for you I give it two years at the most thank you auntie thank you there you go all right thank you so much thank you thank you thank you Vanessa that was wonderful should we get some comments are there any quick comments or we can move on to side matter okay we have gracious Farah can you do this one please because it's in an accent and you'll do it better than me wait which one Gracious, gracious. Oh, ah, uh, that's Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it in Grenadian because I can't do a Jamaican accent. Okay. Ah, uh, you'll need to go for the to the I can't do it. Oh my god, it's throwing me the pressure. 
right. She is saying, all you need to go to the posh environment where they can frequent, like golf, proper hotel, top establishment, <laughs> them places there is where you go find man. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> All right, let's reflect on what's made us sad, mad, and glad this week. Auntie Vanessa, what's made you sad, mad, and glad? You know what? I was thinking about this, and I put the the sad, what made me sad was the bridge story with the man that like, lost his life. But I think that was sad. My mad was just the, this whole Boris Johnson, what's going on in the UK, I think is just really like frustrating me in terms of the Prime Minister, what he's doing, the economy, everything. It's just all doom and gloom and the weather. And made me has made me mad. What's made me glad is the fact that I don't have to work in a toxic environment anymore and that I work for myself. Like I just had this realization this week that oh my god, thank God I'm not in those toxic workplaces no more. So I'm very glad to be working for myself. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so I thought I'd put mine in my family. Anyway, what's made me sad was all the shooting. There's been a bunch of shootings and deaths in America. There's been some random, it's just the heightened sense of franticness in america is weird right now and it's a bit sad not a bit it's very sad that people are losing their lives in there's been hospital shootings gang shootings street shootings artists have been killed over here we lost two people in in the public eye as well two black men in different various situations so it's just a, a, bit, a little bit too much death and maybe unnecessary death is what i mean so that's made me a bit sad mad at the jubilee because come on and also mad my daughter tried to mess with her life she had she got really bad hay fever her medicine, she lost her medicine that she takes. So it's been, it's been building up. I think it's a bit, the pollen's been heavy this, this week or this past month. And she didn't have an asthma pump. Now this is adulting people. Usually I'm in control of that shit, but now she's an adult. I let her get on with it. But she made me mad because she's coughing and wheezing and I can't breathe, mum. Where's your asthma pump? It's expired. Where's the backup? I don't know. So I buried her, made her call 111, sent her to the, the 24 hour chemical. It was like late at night. She made me so vexed because obviously if you have asthma, you can't take for granted which asthma attack could be to the worst. It's very serious. So I was like, don't, I was so fuming. Don't mess about. So yeah, I had a very mad moment of my daughter. Don't mess with your life over nonsense. Be an adult and have your backup. Get your regular prescriptions and stop being a child. But then she's also my baby girl because, oh, but anyway, and then um, <laughs> I'm glad that I finished The Shield, as I said, I was actually very happy. It's a bloody good show, man. But yeah, that's it. I think there was something else I forgot, but anyway. Auntie Farah, what's made you sad, bad and glad? I was sad at the mass shootings as well. There's mass shooting in Nigeria as well, yes, which made me really sad. And just the constant mass shootings that are happening almost every day in America as well. So that, yeah, that's making me sad. I was also sad that my week of work <laughs> free <laughs> came to an end on Monday and I had to go back to work. I had a whole lovely week after my birthday and the bank holiday. And the days before, and that was nice. And then I went back to work, which was actually really glad. I was, it was, it's been great actually going back to work. So that's like a good thing. But anyway, I was a bit sad about that. I'm mad at the 28 million that was spent on the Jubilee. And that's just one of the figures. There are so many figures that I can quote, but it just made me really mad when there are people struggling to eat a meal or heat their homes or just basic things. So I'm fucking mad. That's what they spent and they think it's justified. I'm really super glad at fellow Grenadian Axel Blake. Oh. 
yes yeah. definitely echoing all of the the deaths of late it's been quite a lot but the pictures that came from the church in Nigeria did actually set me off and I had a little crying spell just mm. seeing all the blood and everything and I wish they didn't show things like that I don't know it sets me off it just makes it so real and they seem to just do that with Black Death way too much and see the aftermath of it and yeah it, it really hurts my soul so that, yeah, that was really sad. And then my mad is me and Auntie Sade went on to a podcast. Yes, we did. The Just Pearly Things show, and it's on YouTube. And our show is on there. Um, you'll see us because we're in the thumbnail as well of some of the clips. But as well, I enjoyed debating. I, I love that shit. So I enjoyed debating with these crazy red pill people but there's really like a dark side of that community and while we was there one there was a girl that was on the panel with us who is probably a new member to the red pill community so she's looking for a man she has a man she's super insecure and one of the men who believes that all high value men cheat just had a moment with her where he was interviewing her and I felt super uncomfortable it was very manipulative and I hadn't seen something like that take place in front of my eyes probably since university when you get like somebody that's quite vulnerable and men can pounce on it and sitting there watching it take place I had chills everywhere like this guy is such a little devil I almost I, so many points I wanted to knock his head like I was just I was fuming but being very reserved that um, holding it together as being like a representative of the mature black community and not acting out. So I came back at him, but it watching it again, it took me back there. And I was like, I actually wish I had thrown my drink at him. <laughs> I was more like, <laughs> I wish I had done something more dramatic. We were also live streaming on YouTube, but watching it back, I was like, I wish I had done something more because I was really infuriated by what was taking place in front of me so that made me mad watching it back but it maybe we can talk about it in the patreon show but i just have a i have a theory about the girl because i Let's had similar feelings. okay we had similar feelings but maybe we can discuss Let's later. discuss it on patreon so if yeah. you want to find out what we're talking about join us on patreon as well because yeah. yeah. it's, it's an interesting one to go mm -hmm. down that road. I'm glad we are heading into the, we have started the marathon of my family, the Evans family, Gemini birthdays. So I wanna say a big happy birthday to, belated birthday to my husband. His birthday was on Saturday. Happy my birthday. firstborn son, his birthday is on Thursday. And happy my birthday, my sister-in-law's birthday is today. So happy birthday, Glennis. And <laughs> birthday will be on Sunday this is a very expensive week it bankrupts us every year but we are Gemini's all together and we're a special breed okay. hell to the hell yeah right. Auntie Shada, quickly what are you um, sad <laughs> I your sorry I your husband would you call it is related to my friend I did I didn't realize until I, I saw it posted today but we can talk about that Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just me. But yeah, my sad 
is the church in Nigeria is just yeah awful I will say though it is typical those imagery are t- typical do you know what I mean that's the kind of thing that happens all the time it's just a different level of desensitization I think mad you know what I am mad at oh, I wish I saved it I saw this post on Instagram where someone was trying to say because of the Amber Heard trial now black women are going to be set back Sorry, I'm just like, what has this got to do with us? (laughs) What the hell is this? It really made me mad. And then I'm glad for a few things. I can't lie, I've been pretty happy. I've been happy about Nella Rose with her collaboration and everything. Really happy about her. I'm happy that Love Island is finally back. Oh my God, I'm so excited. And I'm happy because my client, Black Tech Fest, they've um, announced that the event's happening uh, this week. So I'm very happy that's taking place in October. And I'm happy that I found an old clip from a show that I was on when I was younger called Street Mate, which was hella funny yeah <laughs> so, well, I just say, I will put the clip up in our stories so head over to our Instagram and you'll see the clip and you can also find it on it's on 4OD isn't it for all of that in the description just head over to our Instagram give me a couple of hours because we're going to do Patreon content but there'll be a link to it as well. I want to make a gif out of there's a special bit in it that I, I need to make a gif out of so when people are annoying me I can just send it to them Auntie <laughs> like, Shani's face it's, it's the best thing ever seriously alright alright okay guys we got any comments before we have to go and we are okay. jumping into our very special extra Patreon episode. So if you subscribe, you'll get to know what we're going to talk about. Nicola has given, actually, let me just big up Antifara. So Gracious Greatness says, I love the aunties and, and your Grenadian accent. So big up to you. <laughs> um, Nicola says, sad for the ish weather, mad for the ish weather. Glad <laughs> that the aunties gave me an extra episode on Patreon. Yay! Big love to you, Nicola. Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon for two months in a row. There's a couple of other people next week. I definitely will have all of your names, but thank you very much for supporting us. Then hopefully you'll start seeing the fruits of coming on board with us and we'll change up our our scenery soon. She also says, can you discuss Monique and DL on Patreon too? We sure will. We will do that for you. And Gracious Greatness says, yeah, the Niger thing is vexing. And T. Smith says, happy birthday to your fam and your siblings, Auntie Nana. Thank you so much for that as well. Okay, ladies. First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you to our one. Oh, no. Yes. We've still got a few bits. Whoa, our show is long, ain't it? Okay, so uh, our Spotify playlist. Auntie Nans, what have we got this week? Oh, yes. All right. So the Spotify playlist this week, the theme is Black British Black Tunes with a middle finger to the establishment. Auntie AK, can you take it away with your list, please? Your free uh, tunes. My tunes are the Mitchell Brothers Routine Check. I didn't check this route to be checked. It's an old school, it's an old school hip-hop British tune, Kano, Mitchell Brothers, and the streets. It's a classic describing the perils of being a black youth getting routine checked by the police. Scott Garcia, for those who like housing, house, maybe garage, house, it's a London thing, obviously very literal. And Chung <laughs> Family, again, from my days of working at Channel, Channel U, Chung Family, Memory Lane, 
Bust down memory lane. That's the it's tune. Like That's the one tune. Of the oh. tunes that capture like what it's like to be in London in the summer. It's a real cool tune from the early noughties. And that just makes me think of British blackness and <laughs> middle finger to the establishment, mate. Okay, Auntie Farah, can you give us your I, rundown? Are you ready? I have one. I have okay. one. And that is uh, a track called Go by Kat Burns. And basically, it's about her, like, this catching out a liar, basically. So just go away, fuck off, basically. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm glad you have one, because I have four. And I've also gone off track. Black people in the British colonies, you know them way there. Very specific. <laughs> go Black on. Black people in the British colonies. Anyway, <laughs> I, yeah. So I said, Thomas <laughs> Riley, she's royal. And then I said, Bob Marley, exodus from these people. Movement of Jap people, you know them way there. And then I did Sizzler, them try a ting. And then the last one is Junior, and it's police and thieves in the streets. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I love that, dude. <laughs> yeah, that one. All right. Okay. All right. I did. Um, so my free, I, I, I did subscribe to what was set forth. I went with Crucial Robbie, Proud to be Proud to be Black. That was yeah. one of my favorite tunes, um, late 80s. And then uh, my absolute inspiration of a group, Soul to Soul, Back to Life, yeah. just the epitome of Black Britishness to me. And then I brought it forward to the noughties and the millennials and went with Stormzy Crown because heavy is the head that wears the crown. And as Black people, our heads are heavy. Wonderful. Indeed. Check out our playlist on Spotify. It's a good one. It's actually building up to be a nice one. Where's the link though? Because I will put the link in again. I'm going to put the link in our stories and on our Facebook page. Please subscribe to the link. And then every time I update it, you will get a ping, a, a, ping, a <laughs> notification that it has been updated weekly. Fantastic. All right, all right, all right. Okay, Auntie Vanessa, we're going to end, almost end with you. Have you got an unpopular opinion, something on your hit list or something that don't, not to piss you off? Oh, my God. One thing. Unpopular opinion. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, I'm putting it on the spot because I think that's, that's one thing that, or someone on my hit list. Do you know what? I know we, we keep talking about him, but I mean, that the one person is yeah. Boris Johnson. Like, <laughs> and, and, and I know what way to end, but that's the only thing that I can think of right now. Like, he needs to just go. It's time yeah. for him to go. He's on my hit list. I want him out now. And all of his stupid friend them, Rishi, Mr. Go and spend his millions <laughs> and leave us alone. Okay, yeah. he's too rich to be doing this kind of job. And yeah, Preeti, I, I want her to be sent to Rwanda. Yeah, <laughs> on a one-way ticket. Exactly. That's on a where them lot, all of <laughs> him friends. and his friends, they need to get out. I'm fed up of them. That's really like on my hit list. I can't. Nothing else can top that right now. Thank you so much. And you're definitely not yeah. on our hit list. You're on our wonderful. Thank you for coming list and being an amazing Thank you. list. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Thank okay. you to those in the comments and everyone for watching and listening or watching um, tonight. And this has been Your Artist Could Never. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on all the social media platforms. Watch us back on Facebook and YouTube. Listen to us on all popular listening platforms. Don't forget to leave your comments. And of course, as we've mentioned, we have a Patreon. Subscribe. We've got a couple of tiers. You can pick 
what's more affordable for you. But come on, come with us on our journey to greatness. And that's it. Join us next week live on Monday or Tuesday. Not sure yet, but you'll get the notification. If you're following us, you'll know. Um, Monday next week, live on Monday. Monday, live on Monday. So yeah, that's it. Good night. Night, night. Bye. 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 B